Hello everyone and welcome back to Video Games and Coffee. I'm Daniel and today I'll be talking about another one of my favorite open world games that involves lots of running, jumping, and fighting, but this time set in a futuristic city so beautiful, bright, clean, and good lordy, more sterile than an operating room that it sets itself miles apart from other games of the genre. Mirror's Edge Catalyst. If you've listened to my first episode where I talked about Dying Light, you're probably thinking I'm all about open-world parkour games, and you would be correct. Not that I'm a parkour fanatic in any way, but I feel the style coupled with the first-person view really allows you to connect with the characters and what you're actually doing in the game. Dying Light was the first game I played that involved traversing the map in such a way, uh, much like the opening scene to Casino Royale. So I was glad to come across Mirror's Edge Catalyst, a game that seemed to scratch that itch while still providing a much different playing experience. Catalyst was developed by DICE and published by Electronic Arts and is available on PC, Xbox, and PlayStation currently. Released in 2016, it's actually a reboot of the 2008 game Mirror's Edge. While it is a reboot, it's also somewhat of a prequel as well, because this game is a bit of an origin story. We seem to understand how Faith Connors, who is the protagonist of the game that you play as, uh, came to be within the runner community in the City of Glass throughout gameplay missions, as well as frequent cutscene flashbacks um, to events that happened when she was a child. And since game soundtracks are an obsession of mine, let's talk about this one. Solar Fields provides the beautiful music that is very fitting to the game's style and mood. Magnus Bergerson, and I, I, I swear I get these just I get these names terribly terribly butchered, so my apologies. Um, Magnus Bergerson, I'll just go with that, is the genius behind Solar Fields and his ambient trance music style is exceptional and certainly has a place in the Mirror's Edge world. Especially so considering he wrote the music for both this game as well as the original Mirror's Edge. The album has tracks that range from a few minutes long to easily over 15-20 minutes in length. Each coincided with a mission within the game, so it's understandable that they are as long as they are. I do like that myself because it shows that each mission or portion of the game has its own small story, so it's deserving of its own complete musical story as well, not just music that's looping every few minutes. First impressions after starting it up throw up two words in my head. Clean and spacey. Again, both the visual style and music pair nicely. When you start a new game, you are introduced to Faith Connors, and she appears to be in a holding cell and is set to be released out into the world. The first 10 to 15, possibly 20 minutes or so, like most games, serve as the tutorial on basic movements and actions. Upon her release, she meets a person named Icarus that cuts off a wristband she's wearing that's tracking her by the very people that actually just released her. So she's a wanted fugitive within two minutes of leaving. So for some reason, 
I did have trouble getting through the tutorial when I first played it uh, because the general style of Faith's movements is just unlike any first-person game I've played, so it just took a little getting used to. The tutorial does an okay job at explaining what to do and when to do it, but I still find myself struggling to understand why you press certain buttons at certain times. Timing is crucial when doing the parkour here, and you will find yourself flat on your ass or falling 20 stories in the blink of an eye if you miss an important button press. You'll definitely get the hang of it after a while, but you can expect a bit of a challenge at first. The combat is also very different, and attacks are limited to two buttons. You can vary your attacks in direction, and actually one of the game's hints that you sometimes see flash up on the loading screens uh, mentions that you should do so to avoid the enemies catching on to your pattern. Every once in a while, I'll accidentally do this this finisher, which is pretty satisfying because it goes to a short cutscene where Faith just obliterates her opponent. But for the life of me, I cannot figure out any rhyme or reason behind it, and I have not been able to do it on command. For for me, it just happens out of nowhere. So, but hey, I'll take it. You know when I can get it. Overall, the combat is okay, but it does get a bit repetitive with the same moves. Combat upgrades don't necessarily unlock new moves all the time. It just it, it more just ups the strength and effectiveness of those same basic punches and kicks. The City of Glass, which is where the game takes place, is a truly gorgeous city, but it is either something most will either love or hate incredibly futuristic, and what seems to be so sanitary that you could eat off of any surface. Um, I, I really dig the style, and those of you who were fans of the first game, it is, in my opinion, not only a faithful recreation, but an outstanding enhancement to the original city style. I only wish the map itself was much larger than what it is. All in all, if you were to compare it to a game like Skyrim, for example, the City of Glass, uh, the map for Mirror's Edge Catalyst is a shoebox uh, compared to that. And I just, I really wish it was a little bit bigger because uh, because they did such a beautiful job designing this city and all the different areas, the, the kind of different neighborhoods that you have to go to. I really, I loved it, and I just wanted to see more of it. In most open world games, sometimes I just like to run around or drive around without a particular goal in mind. Uh, just admiring the designs that went into making the game. Maybe, you know, finding some Easter eggs, uh, you know, trying to find just little hidden items, that kind of that kind of deal. But games like Skyrim, Dying Light, the Forza Horizon games, uh, especially Horizon 3, Ghost of Tsushima are all great titles to do that, and I just wish that Mirror's Edge Catalyst was on that scale. But it is by no means a small map, and I still have a lot of fun running around the rooftops uh, knowing that that's where Faith lives, that's where she dominates, and just as her father figure Noah says in the beginning of the game, you never go to ground unless you have to. So the plot. The game starts off with Faith being released from jail, She's immediately intercepted by Icarus, a fellow runner who was sent by Noah to save her from being sent out to the Greylands. The Greylands is not a place that is elaborated on in the game very much, 
but you kind of get the idea it's far outside the city limits and seems to be like, I don't know, I, I just get the feeling it's like a very impoverished um, work campish kind of kind of place. Meeting up with Icarus, who was introduced as a very arrogant runner and one who's clearly not a fan of faith, knowing the trouble she caused Noah prior to her being caught and spending time in jail, is what begins the tutorial. It's about 15 to 20 minutes long and gives you a pretty good understanding of the game mechanics. I'll be playing this part for you. Uh, you, you are released at night, and this little mini-adventure, the tutorial you have after Krugersek, the company run by Gabriel Kruger that provides all aspects of the city's security, realizes that you've ditched your wristband tracker and now you are on the run. These first 15 minutes represent your all-nighter of running and dodging Krugersek patrols while communicating with Noah on your beat link. Uh, the BeatLink is basically just a wearable communication device runners use to communicate back and forth like a, like a two-ray radio, as well as giving you something called runner's vision. Basically, if you press R3, runner's vision will show you a navigating line and a shadow figure that runs ahead of you, showing not only which direction you need to head, but also gives you, it gives you a suggestion on how to get there. It's kind of like a parkour helper assistant. Yeah, think of uh, think of Clippy uh, way back in the old Microsoft Office days. Um, it's mentioned in the game that although Runner's Vision gives you suggestions on how to get to your destination, it doesn't always necessarily give you the best and most efficient way of getting there. That's up to the player to decide, giving you more than one route to to take. So if you're doing a timed challenge, you'll want to come up with an alternative route than what Runner's Vision gives you. If you're having difficulty shaving the seconds off. One of my favorite parts of the game is after you've successfully given Krugersek the slip and the tutorial is finished, you emerge onto a rooftop where a short cutscene begins as the sun is coming up and you have your first look at the gorgeous city of glass as the supremely awesome theme music starts and Noah is telling you, now come on home. I don't know what it is, but this part out of the entire game, I think, is my favorite. It's a strong feel-good moment and a great opening to Faith's upcoming journey. So, journey. What is her journey? Well, you're quickly finding out that Faith is trying to redeem herself for all the trouble she's caused before being caught and put away for two years. It's soon apparent that the conglomerate, which are 13 mighty corporations... Uh, rule the nation of Cascadia, Glass being a city within Cascadia, uh, showcases a few of these ruling corporations on buildings and through billboard advertisements. Kruger Holding, Sylvine Systems, and Anansi Group, to name a few. Uh, Kruger Holding, or Krugersec, is the most powerful and most aggressive, um, being the provider of security and a weapons manufacturer as well. They are the ones you're beating up throughout the game with great satisfaction. You soon find answers to unanswered questions of Faith's past and ties to people and events she wasn't expecting. You also uncover a plan Kruger has for controlling all of the citizens called employees that I wouldn't really call voluntary. Uh, this game is all about bringing down the man, and that man is a filthy rich, sharply dressed douche named Gabriel Kruger. Seriously, the guy looks like he strictly shops at H&M. So overall, my 
opinion about Mirror's Edge Catalyst. I love the game. I've played it through three, four times minimum. I it's it's the visuals that really get me. It's just the whole style of the game. Yes, it's a parkour game, and so was Dying Light that I covered in my very first episode. But um, it's it's <laughs> it's how clean everything looks and and how futuristic. So the style itself is completely on a different level than Dying Light. That seems very dirty and grungy because that's the way that world is supposed to look. As far as the story itself, I I love the story, the the whole premise of it, the the, the plot in general, and the whole point. I do like it. Um, I just wish that there was more in between the beginning and the end. You'll find that there are quite a few missions to do. Uh, not all of them contribute to the overall story. So the actual story missions that help you progress, uh, I, I feel like there could have been a few more missions in between those to stretch everything out a bit because all the events that happened from the moment Faith is released from prison to the very end of the game, everything moves pretty fast. And there's there's some loss there as far as as far as characters and you're you know and you find yourself like oh my god i'm only an hour into the it's shit this is happening already i'm only an hour into the game faith was faith was just released from jail i mean my god is is this the same day uh, that all this is happening that's how quickly everything kind of kind of escalated um so it's you know the character development could have also been stretched out a bit the characters in the game you know you got faith you got icarus uh, you got Noah, uh, and you got Nomad. Uh, I mean, even Kruger himself, like a total douche. Uh, everything could have been eh, you know, a little bit longer. Give me more of it because the game is that good. Yeah, I'm, I'm not criticizing it because I, I thought it, you know, it it fell short and disappointed me. I'm critic, you know, I, uh, I'm not criticizing it at all uh, in that in that aspect uh, in that respect. I'm just saying. I loved the game itself so much that I really wanted more. So to give you an example, I could play Mirror's Edge Catalyst three times through, and it would feel like, you know, um, you know, playing The Last of Us one time through, as far as length, complexity, and and the character and story development. So it's because I love the game that I just I, I wanted more of it. Um, I don't think you'll be disappointed in it because especially if you're coming from dying light um if you tried it out you know because of my other episode great i'm I'm glad i got to uh, get you to try it uh so i don't think you'll you'll be disappointed of it as far as the gameplay the mechanics and the parkour because it's i mean if that's your cup of tea it is my cup of tea and i mean i mean not every game can be the exact same right or else it'll, it'll just get boring but I think I think you might agree with me that you wanted to see a little bit more with the characters and the story because by the time it's done, you're like shit already. Ugh. Um, and something else I think you'll agree with me is Faith is fucking smoking. <laughs> shit. Um, yeah, she's uh, uh yeah they they designed her. She's not bad, man, um, and she can whoop some ass. Uh, so, <laughs> the uh, yeah, the overall design for Faith, the 
edgy style, the edgy haircut, the really kick-ass tattoo over her eye. Uh, I really dig it, and she's got this, you know, one glove, this this Michael Jackson one glove thing going on, which is her signature look, which is what she had in the in the first game that uh, that was released, just just called Mirror's Edge. Uh, they brought that back, updated the costume just a bit. Everything's definitely more whew, streamlined. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah, she's not. Uh, She's not bad looking, and I I also think you'll agree with me on that one. But hey, you're also talking to a guy who, you know, if I was that person and I chose to have posters and pictures of ladies up on the wall, it it would be it would be Chun Li and Cammy and Laura Croft shit like that. So uh Yeah. By the way, I'm thirty seven. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Um, all right. Well, and that's really the, you know, the, the, the wardrobe style, the clothing style, um, for all the characters in the game. Um, I, shit, let's just say it. I mean, everyone in this game looks like they shop at H&M. Um, that's just kind of, uh, you know, a lot of, um, blacks and reds and things like that, you know, white for accent colors. Um, uh, black and red is actually black, white, and red is they're the the most dominant colors, uh, definitely in the game. Uh, but it's it's very stylish. There's nothing uh, there's nothing goofy or anything like that. It's uh, uh, nothing that's like ah that that looks really shitty. But no, it's very it's very much stylized for a future city like this, and I I really dig it. I I love it. Now, there is no shortage of collectibles in Mirror's Edge. Uh, there's, a, there's a number of them throughout the city. Uh, one that you may notice quite a bit uh, are these kind of orby, like, spherical, uh, like, gold things. They're called grid, le- uh, grid leaks uh, that you just pass through. You know, you, you collect them that way. There's a whole bunch of them throughout the city. Uh, once you beat the game... All those unlock on the map, so you'll know exactly where they are. But uh, they give you just kind of like XP uh, that you need, these points that you need to to upgrade the you know your character, your moves, or your you know your equipment, um, such as your little kind of fucking you know your beat link and your little you have like this little it's kind of like a little zapper thing. That, uh, you know, think of the Dark Knight Rises that that fucking rifle thing that Batman had that when he shot it all like electrical shit, just, uh, like an EMP it was like electronic like pulse kind of deal. Um, yeah, you can, you can upgrade that. You have that built into your glove. It turns off fans and shit and it disables cameras. Um, there's documents, there's secret bags. There were secret bags in the first mirror's edge. I know that, um, that seemed to be like, you know, be dropped by other runners or, or left there. Uh, there's there are recordings like surveillance recordings that kind of shit, um, but yeah. So you know, electronic parts, and it's just it is a whole bunch better throughout the city, and that's why that's what makes exploring the map so much fun. Is you know it's it's not for it's not for nothing, right? You do you do find shit. So some of them are pretty tough, but uh, the grid leaks are are tough themselves. I kind of like the challenge of not knowing where they are on the map. Uh, you don't really have a choice once you beat the game. They will show up for you, 
but uh, but I do try to, um, you know, because the upgrades are pretty valuable and really help you in the game, I try to find as many of those as I can so I can get more points to upgrade Vaith. Something else you can find around the city are um, if you'll stumble upon a what's called a Beat LE, uh, which stands for, now from my understanding, I've, I've looked this up before, uh, and I, I never forgot <laughs> the answer somebody gave online because for the fucking life of me, I couldn't figure out what it is or what it was called or what it stood for. But it's called, it stands for Beat Location Emitter. It's basically kind of like a like a geotag. So wherever you are on the city, you can create one. So that way other online players can try to find that particular location. So I found them on top of buildings and structures that are really tough to uh, t- to get on top of. Real, you know, you got to be careful because one little slip and uh, and and you'll fall off. So it's kind of fun. You know, it's kind of like a like a you know a geocache in, in real life. You can also uh, stumble upon other challenges throughout the map as well. So um, kind of like a dash type of deal. So you can kind of record what you're doing or you stumble ac- uh, across a recording that somebody else did and you have to kind of beat their time, that kind of stuff. So there is community involvement, which, you know, it it, it makes it fun. So I, again, I, I mentioned this um, on the other episode where I don't really play online much. Um, it's cool to find the beat location emitters i just you know i just find one pick it up and good deal i don't necessarily do uh the other online challenges simply because i'm i'm so skeptical (laughs) and i I always think it's like a bot that did it which makes it just fucking impossible to beat that time so i don't even bother sometimes but it does add another little uh, level of uh, complexity and, and fun to the game which which i enjoy what I thought was pretty cool is they actually put out a six-issue comic, which is a prequel to the game. So it explains how Faith actually, uh, you know, why, you know why she was in jail, how how that came to be. Uh, and six issues, uh, six issues was that's pretty awesome. That's that's a good hefty little bit of story. So you get more of Faith's personality. The comic really helped. Uh, because when you when you meet Faith in the game, she's not a you know a douchey character at all. And so in the comic, you kind of see how she was a little, eh, she was she was a little feisty. She you know she had a she had a big head uh, and you know very very cocky. So it's it was nice to see that shift uh, in her character because they they gave you uh, the six issue comic put out by Dark Horse Comics. So the, the comic's really good. Um, I've read through them a few times, and I always like, when it, before I start the game, I like to read through them real quick and get just a, a little baseline before starting off in the game. But no, Faith's personality in the comics and Faith's personality in the game are, are very different because you can tell she really matured, she really grew up, and really realized that she screwed up and let a bunch of people down. And that's really the character development that I look for in any story. Uh, very, a very important element of storytelling is making the reader, or in this case the player, sympathize with the characters. And that's exactly what they did with you know this prequel comic. And because by the time you start off the game, if you if you get a chance to read the comics first, by the time you start off the game, you sympathize with Faith right away. So. 
you understand where she's at in her life and what got her to that point and the game you'll understand more in the game uh, on why she's really trying to redeem herself because when you're playing it it's not really explained how she affected Noah and her friend Nomad and basically the runner community but the comic gives you a really good understanding of it so that's a wrap on Mirror's Edge Catalyst I hope you enjoyed this little talk again my ramblings from the from the basement here with my cup of coffee I um I had a lot of fun making this episode as well. I'm currently working on episode three. I'm hoping everybody's enjoying the format. I hope it uh, adds a little bit of you know insight into a game you may not be familiar with, or maybe a little bit of humor in your day on your drive to and from work. Please connect with me. Let me know what you think. Um, if you love Mirror's Edge, let me know. If uh, you're thinking about giving it a shot, or if you have any questions reach out. I'm always here. I'm always very much willing to uh, to chat with, uh, with anybody, with uh, any listeners, if I have any. If I do, thanks a lot for listening. But hey, until then, uh, be good to each other, have fun, stay safe, and uh, I'll talk to you next time.